Welcome to Mazwi Inc. We are here discussing life matters from a Christocentric perspective. What does the kingdom of God say in regards to a particular subject? Today I'm joined again by my covenant brother, Bishop Yuro Mtungwazi. Bishop, welcome to the platform once again. Thank you, thank you, Pastor JD, and greetings to you all. We are continuing from our last episode when we were discussing the issue of salvation. And I was asking you, the listener, are you, sa are you saved? If you are saved, are you sure you are saved? If you are not even saved, that is, if you are not even born again, why are you not born again? You need to be born again. Um, and we were discussing the the pros and cons of, of, of being born again as it were. So today we are, we are going to discuss the second part. Uh, this series is going to have so many, so many parts because salvation entails a lot of facets to it. Today we are, okay, let me, I'll give a recap from our last episode so that we can take off from that. From the last episode where the backbone uh, of the conversation was three things. Uh, okay, rather, let me say four things. Number one, salvation is not an experience but it is an encounter. Although this encounter can or might be experienced uh, through an experience as it were. Number two, we are saved from the penalty of sin. Number three, we are currently being saved from the power of sin. Number four, we shall be saved from the presence of sin. And all these um, can be better explained or are found in what uh, my dear brother Bishop um, Tungwazi uh, terms the salvation package. So from this episode, we'll start unpacking this salvation package because it entails and it contains a lot of facets and and uh, and things that have to do with uh, us being born again this present life as well as even going to heaven which is uh, eternal life bishop the salvation package talk to me yes so let's just say a word of prayer all right yes sir. father you said in your word that the entrance of your word brings light and it gives understanding to the simple now we ask you, Lord, that you speak your word with clarity even through these lips of clay. Let every person that will hear, Lord, be transformed and be impacted by the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, yeah, so um, I, I call it the salvation package. I think I mentioned uh, in our last session that uh, it's stemming from the book I wrote, uh, you know, the salvation package. But the word package it's 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 exactly that which means it's 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 a cocktail of a lot of things yes, there's a lot of things that are entailed in that so sal salvation is not just one thing you know it's it's many things so when a person gets born again we must benefit from the full package of salvation we must benefit from the full package of salvation but secondly the reason why i say salvation package and not salvation packages is this is so that we don't feel like okay now i'm born again now what's next on the checklist now let me uh let me do this or let me get this or let me you know we then understand that okay it's a package so once we open it or once we receive it 
there are so many things that are in there that require us to do certain things or to apply certain principles or res respond a certain way spiritually in order to benefit from that. Benefit from that. And so just maybe to go through some of these things and remember, we cannot exhaustively deal with each element yeah, that, that, because, that's, so because that's how rich the things of the, the things spirit of, are. You so, know. so true. So, sorry to interject you. I was, I was reading one, one scholar and he was saying that there are about 15 things that happened simultaneously and instantly at salvation. Okay. So when you when you describe it and 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 explain it as a package, it makes a lot of sense. Right. Because it's more than one thing that happened mm -hmm. when and I mean within and to an individual mm -hmm. when they got born again. Right. Right. Absolutely. So let's start with what I feel um, is a good place to start. Let's start with redemption. All right. The first element that we are looking at in the package is redemption. Mm -hmm. Now, redemption is very key to start with okay. because it's bringing us to the value of salvation. If we're going to value properly what salvation is mm -hmm. and what really it brought forth for us, we must understand redemption. Every born again Christian has to understand redemption. It's like the things in your house mm -hmm. or the clothes in your, in your closet. Mm -hmm. you, you treat them differently based on value. Yes, sir. And so value is going to affect how you relate with a thing. It's going to affect how you relate with a thing. Now, everything has a price. Everything has a price. So it's either you are paying for the price or someone else paid for the price. Bishop, did, did you watch the, the movie Redeeming Love? No, I didn't. Well, I, I, I think I'll share it with you. And um, I would also encourage you, the listener, to look for a movie entitled Redeeming Love. Uh, it's based on, 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 on the book of Hosea. Okay. I just thought about it when you okay. mentioned um, redemption. Yes. It's very deep. They, they really illustrated this whole redemption uh, facet of this salvation package very vividly. Continue, Bishop. Right. So, so everything has a price, including our very salvation. So redemption now, before we, we, we define it or deal with it, mm -hmm. we have to understand a very... Uh, the, the right English word would be oxymoron, which is a statement that seems to be contradictory. Yes, so salvation is free, but salvation is not cheap. You see, that's a very important statement. Salvation is free, but salvation is not cheap. So which means it's free. Everyone has access to salvation. Everyone can be saved, but it's not cheap, which means there was a very, very high price paid for. For it by somebody and so that becomes then very important for us to to get this now let's begin to maybe define what 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 the word redemption means now according to the lexical dictionary which is um the hebrew greek dictionaries or rather the bible dictionary right i'm hoping you you break down this cheap and yet free <laughs> i thought it was very straightforward because I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll give. Let me look, let me look for, 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 for possibly. Because, because you see, one, one, one of the questions that just came into my mind is, if it is free yet not cheap, so it means it's not everyone who, who can or rather who might get it. Did that make sense? Because it means if, when something is cheap, it means there's also something that is expensive. Am I making sense? All right. It's not cheap in the sense, not 
it's not cheap mm-hmm. based on how it came about. Okay, all right, all right. It's free because it came for all. Everybody, you know, I think it's, it's, it's Titus, which says, uh, and the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all, to men, all men, you know, but it then says teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust and so forth. So what is it telling us? It's letting us know now, now the reason why it's not cheap, it means salvation comes with a standard, which means everybody can be saved but we cannot be saved our way. In other words, you cannot, you cannot have a custom-made salvation package. You know, you, you can't, it's not a buffet where I can go there and pick what I feel I need, and then I think I need deliverance. I, I really don't need holiness. I think I need, I think I need, I need, I need this. But I, and the moment we do that now, we, we, are, we are not understanding this thing. It, it's, it comes with set standards. It comes with set uh, systems that are there. So if you are going to uh, get into it, you have to accept it the way God is giving it. Two, two things, Bishop. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, I thought you said, come as you are when you're preaching salvation. Yeah, but don't number stay one. as you are. <laughs> come as you are, but don't stay as you are. <laughs> number two, is this why some people would rather stay outside of this salvation experience because they are afraid of these um these standards that will be required of them once they are saved i would say yes and no in this way mm-hmm. uh you know yes to those maybe probably who have become enlightened mm-hmm. but was you remember so, sorry to interject you again remember you hear people say I, I, I don't want to get saved or I don't want to come to your church because you're going to tell me or you're going to ask me at your church to leave my alcohol. I want my alcohol. Do you get okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, but that, that, that already is a misunderstanding of this thing because you have to understand, you see, salvation, when we're talking about salvation, we are talking about an eternal relationship with God. So, so it means when you are presenting salvation to this individual who says, I want to come to get saved, but I don't want to leave my alcohol, it means probably there are things we didn't explain well. Number one. Or number two, we have to understand that the, the relationship itself is a powerful thing. In other words, there are things I stopped doing that were never a sermon. There are things I stopped doing that were never preached by the pastors I was sitting under. Because the relationship has power, and I hope the people listening will understand that the rela- the moment you you bring people, Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter five, from verse number seventeen, if any man be in Christ is a new creature, the old is gone and the new has come. Yes, and sir. then if you read verse eighteen, going to verse nineteen, he starts talking about we are given the word of reconciliation yes, and sir. the ministry of reconciliation. reconciliation. And so, if it means that what we have to do is bring people into a reconciled relationship with God. Let's, let's establish relationship. The relationship has power itself. It's almost like taking an iron, you know, that, that irons your clothes, and then you plug it into the wall socket, and then you turn the power on. That's it. All you now have to do is put a piece of fabric and just begin to move that iron, you know, because the connection has power of the plug and the iron. That connection itself supplies and releases heat 
that will come. And so that's how it is. So there are things that we necessarily don't then need to drive in and drill in. The moment we have to do that, it means we didn't do the connection well. Because whenever, if, if you plug in your iron and it's not working and there is electricity, you definitely then know the problem is not the electricity. The transmission of the electricity from the plug into the gadget is where the issue might be. Maybe the cable, maybe the fuse of the plug, maybe the iron itself, the element, maybe this. You begin to look at that. But the, as long as the connection is correct, then the, the rest of the things. I'll give you a biblical example. Talk to me. Zacchaeus was a text collector. He wanted to see Jesus. Indeed. He did not want to get saved. He wanted to see Jesus. Yes, sir. I think it was this thing that this is a popular man and so forth. Jesus says, today I'm eating in your house. You see, and you see, Jesus gets to the house of Zacchaeus and the Bible tells us that Jesus was sitting and he was talking. And if you read that whole discourse and everything, you don't hear Jesus rebuking Zacchaeus. You don't hear Jesus telling Zacchaeus that you are a wicked man and if you don't repent of your ways, you're going to die. You don't hear that. But he began to speak of the kingdom of God. He began to speak of God the Father. He began, and as Zacchaeus was listening to this, the Bible says, and Zacchaeus said, everyone that I have cheated and done this and that, almost in Shonatunotukurotomoka, it's like he almost blurted out and just spoke aloud and thought aloud because the word was burning in his heart now. I will repay four times. I will repay four times. And he began to say this. And Jesus then says, today salvation has come into your house. So in other words, there are things that the relationship begins to do, you know. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying that we mustn't preach against things. Uh, we mustn't point out sin. I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying that sometimes it might not be the best thing to lead with. You must lead with the relationship. Bring the relationship because the ministry is called the ministry of, recon of reconciliation. So let's make sure that there is an established relationship. When that exists now, you then realize that there are certain things that people, like I say to you, there are things I stopped doing that were never a sermon. They were never preached. And I won't mention some of them because I don't want to, 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 to sound like I'm giving legalistic Because I know someone now is, is ready to write down why did he stop doing. No, no, no. Because someone will then, because you see, I'm, I'm, I'm a wise preacher. I don't want to give precedence where someone says, so if he stopped without a sermon, then I'm also not going to listen to any sermon about this. I'll stop without, so I'm not even going. No, that, but there are many that, things wisdom right yeah, yes, sir. that I did not continue doing. Mm. And here's the thing. Some of the things in the first six months of, of me being saved, mm. I was still doing them. Mm. And then after six months, I stopped. Some of the things after one week, some of the things after one month, they, some of the they, things after they, one year. They would fall off uh, yeah, it comes. It comes back to the thing of we are being saved. It comes back to that point. So a person can get saved. They now have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then they wake up tomorrow morning and they feel they want to drink their alcohol a bit. They are not unsaved in that moment. And that's important for anybody to hear in that moment. Because they are still entering the gate. There are so many things that need to still happen. You see, because the soul now is getting into the process of transformation, transformation. by the renewing of the mind. Appetites are beginning to change you know, likes and, and interests, they are beginning to change. So there are many things happening. It's a process. But there are also instances where I've talked to people about Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, they throw away the alcohol Instant. and they never touch it again. I have a guy in the church who says someone invited him. And, and, and the day they came, they had actually left some beer at home and some cigarettes and other things at home. Mm -hmm. 
And when they came for the service, they said when they went home, and they were giving this testimony, it was about seven years later. later. You know, and they nice. said seven years later from that day, it was a Saturday, and the person had invited them for a couple's meeting. And they said, from that day when I heard you speak, from that day I went home, I chucked out everything, and for seven years straight, I've not relapsed. I've not touched a cigarette and so forth. But I don't even remember wow. preaching about cigarettes or anything. Wow. But that person wow. got saved, and they went home. So for some people, it's going to be immediate. Immediately, the moment they encounter Christ, that happens. But that might not be the way of everybody. I would love that to be the way of everybody. But sometimes it might not be for many reasons. And so, uh, you know, so, so, so I think that that's important for no, people to... You, you, you did now bring light on, on that one. Mm -hmm. Please continue. Redemption. So, so redemption, according to the lexical dictionary, number one, redemption means to bring into effect a release by payment of ransom. To bring into effect a release by payment of ransom. Now, when you hear the word ransom, it means there is, there is, a, there is a captive. There is somebody or a group of people that have been captured out against their will. They have been captured and now there is a release that needs to happen from the capture. You see, now here's the thing. Redemption, that's what Colossians uh, 2.13 talks about. That, you know, when it talks about, you know, uh, um, you know, we, 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 were, we were delivered from the kingdom of darkness, darkness. into the kingdom of his dear son. So we were, we were in sin, we were in bondage, we, we were in prison right there in that kingdom. But then redemption means Jesus Christ paid the price. And we'll come to that just now. Number two, redemption means liberation. Now, I love this. Liberation from misery and the penalty of sin. Liberation from misery and the penalty of sin, which means when you get saved, you can't remain miserable. Misery, you are liberated from misery. You are actually liberated, uh, you know, from misery. You know, you know, you know the, the, the English dictionary says misery is the state uh, of, of or, or is the state of feeling of great physical or mental distress or discomfort. And so that's affliction, that's anguish, that's anxiety, and so forth, torment, torture, agony, that's misery. So you are liberated from that. Now, number three, redemption means to recover from the power of another through payment of price. To recover from the power of another through the payment of price. And finally, it means to buy, I love this one, I love this one. It means to buy for one's self and for one's use. Hmm. Remember, even last mm -hmm. time you were, when you were explaining that, you are still a slave, but you now no longer a slave of the devil or of darkness, but you've now become a slave unto righteousness. Remember? Yes, you yes, 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 yes. Hmm. So, 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 so that's 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 basically, you know. So when you look at that now, you begin to realize, you know. You 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 went on further explaining that God redeemed us. He saved us so that we can serve mm -hmm. Him. We can serve in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing yeah. with what you're saying when you're talking about buying for one's use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so to buy for oneself and for one's use. And so you look at that and you realize, okay, so God redeemed us because He has use. Now, here's the thing. That means that every born-again person is useful in the kingdom. 
Yes, sir. Every born again person is useful in the kingdom. You know, Apostle Paul mm. describing there are many different vessels within the house. You know, exactly. Is a, is a use. Exactly. Is, everyone is a is a position. I mean, I mean, we are we are part of the body of Christ. Exactly. So, exactly. I everyone mean, has I a mean. use. Paul talks about you know every member of the body and mm. so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. And so 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 that's what redemption is. But then here is the thing now. Redemption is only found in Christ Jesus. Now, these things that I'm saying here, JD, they seem very simple and basic, but they have become a point of stumbling for many because we, 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 we gloss over and breeze over these fundamentals because we don't think they are as powerful and as revelatory. As, as, but they are very key. In other words, they are the very foundation of, of this relationship we have with God. That if it's not made clear and done right, the enemy has room to deceive and to do a whole lot of things to wreak havoc in this relationship we have with God. And so if we understand redemption properly, that a price was paid, it simply then means I cannot treat salvation as a cheap thing. Just because I didn't bleed, it doesn't mean there was no bleeding. Just because I didn't die, it doesn't mean that there was no death involved. There was blood involved. There was death involved. There was agony involved. <laughs> there was so much involved in me being saved. It's not just the, the me going up to the altar and saying, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. No, just for that to happen, what went into it was God leaving the glory of heaven. Coming and being born as a mortal man in a place where there were animals. Coming and living the life that he lived and died a shameful and painful death. Not thinking it robbery. You see now. So, so the price was very high. So it means we now have to treat this thing with utmost, you see. So redemption is only found in Christ Jesus. Now here's the thing. Romans 3.24 says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And so it's important to realize that redemption is only found in Christ Jesus. It's only found in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17, the one we read of. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You know what, Bishop, I'm yeah. because I'm, I'm, I'm dreading to go somewhere. Mm. So are we saying all other religions outside of Jesus Christ, they do not bring salvation? Is that what you're saying? Redemption is only in Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Um, I think it's Peter who says salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other, name no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Please, please read that. You see, you see, so salvation is found in no one else. And it doesn't stop there. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. You see? And Paul says it where he says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. So, so if salvation is found in no one else, it already means now, you see, because here's the thing, 
people that maybe believe other things feel like Christians attack their religion. Exactly. But exactly. but uh, by saying so, are you saying that 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 your religion is, is the, the is the one that's 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 true? Mm. I, I I would not say that our religion is the only one that that's true. I would say the word of God is the only <laughs> document of truth that's the so. So I think you can you can decide to be Buddhism, you can decide to be whatever, but but if 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 you don't agree with the word of God, then your issue is not with Christianity, it's not with the charismatic Pentecost or whatever. Your issue is with truth. You know, and I, I like the, the direction that that you that you're taking this conversation. But remember, Christianity as it were is not a religion. It is a. It is about a relationship. Yeah. And we are, in other words, we are, we are just tying it back from what we're talking uh, about when we began this this discussion. That a relationship about a father and a child, a relationship requires certain do's and don'ts, certain standards, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. So I I agree with yeah. what you're saying. I yeah. agree with what you're saying. Hundred yeah. percent. Mm. So so I don't want anybody to take offense. I don't want. Mm anybody of of any religion out there or any belief to take offense because the the, the thing is the, you see truth is what we need to really just align with I hear you. and if the bible is making it clear salvation is found in or no one else and that's it that's it anything and, else outside of that you live to interpret yeah and someone can say but who who made the bible the authority that it is well it's very simple it's very simple to understand when you're reading the Bible. It's very simple to understand. Or even if you go in history, mm-hmm. you're going to realize there is no record mm-hmm. of, of, of divinity mm-hmm. or of the supernatural as accurate. And historians have all agreed to this. Mm-hmm. That is as accurate and consistent as the Bible. As the Bible, true, true, true. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's, it's got nothing to do with... Mm-hmm. Uh, this group of people called Christians, they try to market their book and make it seem, no, no, no. That's why you find even if you go and speak to a Muslim, they'll tell you that there are more quotations and statements of Christ mm-hmm. and quoted of, of Jesus Christ in their, in their, in their right. Quran yes, than they are of Muhammad. Yes, There's the mention of Jesus more than, they will that's tell true. you that. that that's true. That already begins to tell you that the, people can't do away with this. They no, can't. They can't. they can't do away with this. And so anyway... So, 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 so salvation is found in no one else. Jesus Christ. Only Christ Jesus. And so redemption is in Jesus Christ. But number two, redemption is through the blood of Jesus. It's in Jesus, yes, but it is through the blood of Jesus. Ephesians 1, 7. Mm-hmm. In him we have redemption through his blood, mm-hmm. the forgiveness of sins according yes, to the riches of his grace. Now, why is redemption through his blood? Because you cannot, listen to me very carefully, you cannot be redeemed by what is corrupt. The blood of Jesus is the only blood that does not carry the sin that all humanity carries. We are all born in sin. My father puts it this way, Archbishop Gurupira. He says, you are not a sinner because you murder. You are not a sinner because you commit adultery. You are not a sinner uh, because you steal. He says, no. You, you murder because you are a sinner. You're a sinner. You commit adultery because you are a sinner. Wow. You, you, wow. <laughs> you, wow. see, you, you say it so, because we look at it this way, ah, because you murdered, you are a sinner. No, no, no. Therefore, mm-hmm. 
No, you you made that because you are a sinner. So to me, it's it's bringing another idea that the issue of sinning is not necessarily about the act or the practice. It's nature. It's you. nature. Thank you, sir. When Thank does you, sir. a dog you, become a dog? When it's a puppy or when it starts barking? Mm. <laughs> you see, a dog is a dog the moment it is born. Because we don't call it a dog by what it does, by, but by what it is. So even if that dog does not bark for a year, it does not change that it's a dog. So when does a sinner become a sinner? When they murder? No, that's like barking. When they commit adultery? No, that's like barking. It's when the nature of sin is still in them. That's why you find I then, and I'll just take a detour here, and then we'll come back. That's why we then need to understand the difference between the nature of sin and the act of sin. When you are not born again, you have the nature of sin. You cannot help but sin. You are bound in, in iniquity. You are bound in sin. It does not matter how much you try. It not, doesn't matter. Not to practice yeah. that. You are, and, and here's the thing. As long as you have the nature of sin, mm -hmm. the wages of sin are still yours. Mm. As long as the nature of sin is still there, the penalty of sin is still going to find you. It's almost like a lion that's hunting in the wild. It, 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 it is able to know where the prey is by scent. By scent. It can smell. So the scent is like the nature. As long as you have the nature of sin, the devil will find you. He, he, move, he walketh about like a rolling lion. You, the scent that will make the devil find you is the nature of sin. <laughs> exactly. As long as the nature of sin is there, he's coming. And he's coming for the kill. Yeah, that's all. You see. John 10, 10. You see. And so that's why it's important now to, 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 get, to, get, rid of, to get rid of the scent. You see, how do you get rid of the sin by being born again? Now, Bishop, are you not just now saying things? Okay, John chapter number three. Mm -hmm. Jesus speaking to Nicodemus says, mm -hmm. the wind blows in verse eight, yes, where, it pleases. where it pleases. Yes, you sir. hear its sound, mm -hmm. but you cannot tell no, not, uh, where uh, it is coming uh, from uh, no, or where it is going. In other words, mm -hmm. you can't trace it. You yes, can't sir. trail it. Mm -hmm. And then he says, so it is mm -hmm. with everyone born of the spirit. the spirit you cannot you cannot follow just like you can't follow the wind and say and trail it and say because they, you've lost that scent now so that's where the scripture in fact let me even you know just just mess you up uh, psalm 42 i believe where the psalmist says you see because he spent a lot of time with sheep he spent a lot of time in the wild mm -hmm. and david says as the deer panted for the water brooks so my soul fans for you now. You have to understand, when you read that scripture, you must understand that there are two ways of interpreting that. Okay. The first way, which is the obvious one, okay. that the deer, you know, panteth for the water brooks, which means it thirsts, it, it thirsts for the water brooks, you see, and that, that's the first way. But then the second way of looking at it is for survival. When a deer comes to the water brooks, it wants to enter into the brook and submerge itself and come out. For yes, why? To wash off the scent. That's how a deer survives in the wild. 
So the purpose of the water brook is to wash off the... So if there was a lion beginning to trail and follow, at some point when it comes, when the lion gets to the water brook, from the water brook going forward, it has lost track of where the deer went. So David is simply saying, if we can do that with God, we will lose the devil. If we can do that with God, the devil will fail to trace us and find us because that's what intimacy does. It, it, it washes off the scent. You become undetectable to the devil. That's why no weapon formed against you will prosper because it's formed. But you see, it's like a gun with bullets. As long as I can't find the person I want to shoot, then the gun is useless. You understand what I'm saying? So a weapon is formed, but it won't prosper because he can't reach me. He can't access me and he can't find me. And intimacy will also include spending time in the word. And the scriptures tell, tell us that by the washing of the water, by the yeah. word. Yeah, that's Ephesians uh, 5, I believe, 25 or 26. And so, so that's, that's, that's what we are dealing with. That if we can understand that the nature... So when a person sins and they don't get caught and they feel, ah, in Shona, say, ah, nakangwar. No, 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 no. You are not clever. You are the most wretched person. Because what you don't realize is you are, you are strengthening the scent on your life, which, makes, which is making the enemy's attack easier now. So even if no one ever finds you out in whatever you are doing, even if no one ever figures it out, but guess what? The penalty. The penalty. The wages will the wages, come. They are there. They are there. They will come because... That's what the Bible says. It is only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. So you have to deal with the saint. You see, you have to deal with the saint. And so that's why now redemption is, is through the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, it, it, it really washes us. It washes off the nature. It makes sure that we, the stain of sin is removed. The hold of sin is broken. The power of sin is Washed destroyed. White as snow. Exactly. Mm. You see, so we are redeemed through the blood of, of Jesus and so we can talk about the blood, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna really get into into that. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, like I said, we are not going to do an exhaustive. Yes, this sir. is so that we can at least have. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, okay, let me come to this now. So that's basically it, and I'm not even going to. On redemption, right? Yeah, on redemption, mm -hmm. and, and and and, but maybe before I move on from redemption here and come to what we will close with. Okay. You know, uh, let me touch something that I feel is also important. We are you. redeemed from the curse of the law. You see, that's redemption a, touches the law. That's a whole subject. On yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know, we are redeemed continue, from, continue, from, from the, the curse, curse of the, of the law. law. And we are just going to touch things that will at least give us. Galatians chapter 3, yes, sir. verse 13 and verse 14. Mm -hmm. Paul says, Christ has redeemed us mm -hmm. from the curse of the law, mm -hmm. having become a curse for us. for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. tree. Verse 14 that the blessing of Abraham might come, come upon, upon the, Gentiles the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. You see, it comes back. It might come upon the Gentiles mm -hmm. in Christ Jesus, mm -hmm. that we might receive the promise mm -hmm. of the Spirit through him. Mm -hmm. Now, in my study of the Bible, mm -hmm. I have learned that there are various types of laws mentioned. Okay. You see, there are various types of... You see, because why I'm saying this, I feel we might even close here, but it's a very important thing for people to get. Of course, of yeah, course. There are various types of laws that are mentioned, mm -hmm. which I have carefully placed in at, into at least four categories. Okay, all right. Anybody else can do a personal study. Okay. So these four categories, I believe they will distinguish each type of the law mm -hmm. 
and thus enable correct interpretation now okay. when we read a scripture like the one we just read. Okay. And so these are the four categories that, that I find the various laws being placed in. Okay. All right. The first category is the law of the Lord. All right. The law of the Lord. This is, this is the sovereign law of God, which is the law that governs all laws. All laws. I hear you. Oh, yeah. Is it correct to also say it is the law that governs all nature? All right? laws, whether the law of nature, anything that is a law, all, right. all laws, the laws of all life, the laws, of, uh, yeah, yeah, anything yeah, that, yeah. anywhere where it's, there is. It's the universal. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. in any, yeah, so, so the law of God, and that's right. important. Okay. Because many times we mistaken that with the other categories. So number two, we have the law of Moses. Okay. You see, which is, gov- you see, so the law of God governs all. All right. The law of Moses governed, mm-hmm. not governs. Mm-hmm governed those that were under the old covenant the people and i'm going to come to something just now mm-hmm. number three category the law of the spirit of life in christ okay this governs the saved this governs the saved you see the law of the lord governs all I saved and saved governs all yes, sir. the law of moses governed those that were under the old covenant particular the law of the spirit of life in christ just governs the saved the law of sin and death governs those that are not yet saved. Those are the four categories. Mm. And these are teachings on, the, uh, on their own. Yes, so there are other laws, such as the laws of the five offerings. Okay. The burnt offering, the meat offering, the sin offering, trespass offering, peace offering. Mm-hmm. There are dietary laws. Yes, there's the law of leprosy. Uh-huh. There's the law of the wise. Uh-huh. There's the law of kindness. Mm-hmm. There's the law of truth. Mm-hmm. There's the law of faith. Mm-hmm. There is the law of liberty. Yes, there's sir. the law of the mind. All these that I'm mentioning are found in the Word of God. But if you look at them, they fall into either one of these four categories Ah, that I've mentioned there. The law of the Lord, is it the Word of God? Is it accurate to say that or no? It's not accurate. It's the Word of God. It is accurate. It's the Word of God. But I'm trying not to get into another discussion because it's the Word of God. All right, all right. No, it's okay. Yeah, it's the Word of God. Yeah, Yeah. The, 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 the law of God, the safest thing we can say it is the standard of God, number one, the nature of God, number two, and the values of God revealed in the word of God. So the law of the Lord is encapsulating his nature, his values, and his, yeah. So anything that, is, that reveals the character of God is the law of God. Anything that reveals the nature of God, because character and nature are not the same, it is the law of God. And everything that reveals the value of God is the law of God. And everything, number four, that reveals the standard of God is the is the law of God. So four things: standard, value, nature, character. Character, and they are all encapsulated in the law of God. I hear you. I hear you. That's deep. That's yeah. Deep. So that's the law of God. It it is it is cross testamental. It does not. It's not confined. For example, yes, sir. In the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments are the law of God. Yes, sir. They are not the law of Moses. True. The law of Moses was about 600 and something, and we can come to that in another session. But the law of the Lord, the Ten Commandments are that. Because when you read, I mean, thou shalt not steal. Let's just be honest. Even if you are not a Christian, you don't want people stealing from you. You will actually quote the law of the Lord. God says, thou shalt not steal. (laughs) Yeah, there is no normal married man who wants his wife 
to be slept around by anybody yes, else. Sir. That's why you shall not commit adultery. There's no, no more married woman who wants the husband to be a loose cannon wherever. And so the law of the Lord is telling you the very standard of God, the very nature of God, the very character of God. And so that's the law of the Lord. You know, to, you know. to, to rebut that, I was the other, the other time I was just thinking of this. When you think about it, I think almost all, if not all, um, constitutions that govern different states and nations have the Ten Commandments as their backbone. Every When you think about it, because basically it's all about not doing bad to the other and doing good. More or less, you know, the golden rule, you know. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So I, I just to rebut that that your point that the, the universal law of God, I mean everyone is is, is is covered in that. Continue, Bishop, continue. You see, so when you look at the laws, so when we say it redeems, when we talk about redemption, mm -hmm. when we talk about redemption and we, and it says we are redeemed from the curse of the law. We are not talking about the law of God. You see, it redeems us from the curse of the law. We are not talking about the law of God. So that already then becomes important now. So that we don't then say, ah, because when people say, I'm, 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 I'm no longer under the law, you are lying. You are absolutely lying because... Because if you're not under the law, I mean, I mean, if, 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 if I could, if I, if I could, if I could, you know, you know, I know we have, you know, you know, a short time left. But if I could, let me just quickly just read a scripture here. Uh, you know, it is a scripture that we know it's in the book of Matthew, but I'm going to read it in a version that just that just, you know, puts icing on this on this cake. You know, when Jesus talks about not all who say to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. I'm reading from the English standard version. You know, when it says. You know, and, and many will come and say, uh, you know, we did this in your name, we did this in your name, and so forth. I'm paraphrasing because I want to come to verse 23. Okay. And then Jesus says something. He says, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me. Listen mm -hmm. to the next uh, four words. Mm -hmm. You workers of lawlessness. Oh, it's, it's this vision, eh? That says lawlessness. Ah. You workers of lawlessness. Lessness. So that already means right there that God is not drawn to lawlessness. God does not work in an environment of lawlessness. Because, I mean, if we don't have laws in a society, if you don't have laws, okay, those that say they are not under laws, they are not under law, just try and tell your children that they are not under law and see how your home will operate. In 24 hours. You see, so laws, they help keep peace. Yes, sir. So we must then understand now when we're talking about not under law, what we are really dealing with there. We are talking about fundamentally the law of Moses, law of Moses and, yes, and what it came to do and so forth and so on. That's why you find yes, even sir. at times when Jesus was asked by the Pharisees, you know, Moses said that when I want to divorce, I should give a certificate of divorce. What do you say? Mm. You know, and Jesus would say, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, your heart said, mm. on, let's go to another instance where Jesus says, you heard it was said. Mm. But I say, I say, now before we quote whatever was said and what he says, is where, what, where was it said and what is he now saying? You heard it was said, where? In the law of Moses. But now I say, and he's talking about in the law of God now. And that's very important to understand. So, so you see, so that's, that's, that's an important thing. 
Now Leviticus 26, 46, it says, These are the statutes and judgments and the laws which the Lord made between himself and the children of Israel on Mount Sinai by the hand of Moses. It's telling you, you know, about the law of Moses, that it was valid under that covenant. You can read other scriptures, you know, that, that will begin to, to show that. So, yeah, I think if we, if we stop there, I'll allow you to maybe, you know, maybe, you know, ask a last question or something, you know, but, but, but we have to understand, you know, that these things uh, are very important. Um, yeah, they are very important for us to grasp. Yeah, um, if I was to put a landing on this, I'll, I'll allow you to do so, and then we'll just. Uh, yeah, if I can put a landing on this. Rip it off. Yeah, I, I would actually just say, you know, when we are dealing with redemption, and when we're talking about, you know, being redeemed, you know, and talking about a price was paid, and talking about being redeemed, you know, redemption is in Jesus Christ, and redemption is through the blood of Jesus, and redemption is from the curse of the law. You know, it's important for us to realize because what was the curse of the law? You know, the curse of the law, besides where it says, cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. The curse of the law is, you see, we, we can't reach God by our efforts. That's why the people that lived under the law failed to really, we, we can't. We can't. We can only do it by the grace of God, by the standard of God, by the help of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to understand that redemption is where we begin when it comes with salvation. And so we can then look at other things. The other things in the package, mm -hmm. you know, there's the forgiveness of sins, which again, mm -hmm. that one has, there are types of forgiveness mentioned in the Bible and how they operate. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, the, you know, the, you know, there's, there's that. And you are, you are talking of uh, um, the forgiveness of sins. We are talking, um, you know, we, we talk about forgiveness. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, we talk about justification. justification. Yeah, you know, we, we talk about uh, adoption. We talk about so many things, you know. Sanctification. Yeah, we talk about, you know, sonship. We talk about all these things that are there in the package. There are so many things. But I hope this will, will, will help somebody at least gain a bit of understanding about that. Um, then maybe just the last thing I, I would say, um, you know, when Moses... Um, you know, when to speak to Pharaoh, you know, God gave him what was going to be the focus of that conversation. Okay. He said, let my people go so that they may serve me. You know, and so, and that's important to realize that whenever we are born again, when we are born again, the first thing that we must get into is serving the Lord. Because we are, because listen, our salvation is not unto ourselves or unto our own desires. It's so that we can serve the Lord, which means as long as we're in the kingdom of darkness, we can't serve God. And so that's important for us to realize. And so we have many people that get born again, but they are not in the service of the Lord. Of the Lord. And that's important that we get saved so that we enter into service. We enter into the service of the Lord and we begin to serve God. Yeah. No, I hear you, Bishop. I hear you. Um, in closing, from my end, I would say my, my dad always says that, you see, God realized that it was impossible for humanity to keep the law of Moses for their right standing with him. 
thus he had to send his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, for him to die for us. Mm-hmm. It was an act of love. So until our next episode, we will continue on this topic of salvation. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Bishop. Amen. Uh, you have a good life. <laughs>